Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving the cosmic tides, but thriving with the cosmic tides. My name is Amanda Poole Walsh. I'm the founder of Astrology Hub. I am here with your favorite weather woman, weekly, <laughs> weekly weather woman. What? what? Your, my, your favorite astrological weather woman. There we go. Uh, predictive astrologer Ann Ortley. And uh, we are not live today because all of the big tech platforms are down. And I, I have to think there must be some astrological correlation to this, right? Anne's all excited already. So tell us, Anne, what's what's going on? What, what's, what are we looking for this week? Well, we're in the dark of the moon, right? Uh, and of course, when we're in the dark of the moon, um, it kind of goes, ooh, goes dark, literally. And then we have a new moon on Wednesday. And it's a very big, juicy, powerful moon. We have a Pluto station. We have a Saturn station. We have Venus changing signs. We have a really kick-ass new moon. Excuse my French. I shouldn't probably say a kick-butt new moon. (laughs) Jamie, what's the theme of the week? We have a visual for this. We have a visual. Godzilla versus King Kong. (laughs) Wow. Now, you know, we got an oil spill. We got Facebook, YouTube, uh, WhatsApp, all the messenger services down. You can kind of imagine, you know, Godzilla just took a swing at Kong. Mm. And of course, when you look at them and you go, who's more powerful? Godzilla technically has more power, but King Kong is able to get his allies to help him. So he wins in the end just a real intense week so wow yeah so the new moon is the sun and the moon and the mars together all at 13 libra and they're getting a quincunx or an inconjunct from uranus and taurus and remember the libra planets and the taurus planets all answer to very passionate venus but venus is in her detriment in scorpio right she's sitting right on the cliff at the very last degree. Of course, Scorpio rules oil. So we got that oil spill in California, threatening the beauty of the beaches, right? And the little ducks and fish and all the, all the critters that, and us, you know, cause it's apparently smells bad. The Scorpio smells bad, you know, it's like garbage, right? So we have that energy, but Venus is about to dive out. But you're not saying Scorpios smell bad, right? <laughs> and- yeah, Scorpios, well, Scorpios poop. Everybody poops. Everybody poops. <laughs> Did you read that book when I you know. were a kid? <laughs> poop smells bad. No, but, you know, yeah, so Scorpios, yeah. Yeah, so Scorpios are garbage collectors. Uh, when, my, when my friend Janet was dating at one point, this guy said, you know, I'm a Sam the kitchen worker. And she's like, okay. So they went on a date. He came to pick her up in the garbage truck. It's called, it's, it's called a test. So romantic. <laughs> so she popped into the garbage truck, you know, and as she said, he had, he had a faint smell about him and they went on the date and he goes, well, I, you know, when I say I'm a sanitation worker, people go, oh, okay. But when they realize that there's a garbage truck involved, it's, it's my screening device. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. And okay. I, sorry. I, I took you very effective. So it's yeah, very so, effective. Very I took you effective. off track. Okay. So let's go back. No, no. So Venus is at the very last degree of Scorpio and about to die. She goes into Sag on Thursday. The new moon's on Wednesday. Then she dives into the south node of fate. So there's all this releasing energy, this rupturing, releasing energy. Uranus and Scorpio is 
Uranus and Taurus answering to Venus and Scorpio, in conjunct quincunx to that Mars moon. And when Mars is hanging out with the sun and the moon, it, it's honorary Aries. It's a battle, even though it's, you know, you, you kind of think, well, it's Libra, isn't it nice? I'm like, no, because they're answering to a really assertive, really assertive Venus. And Venus in Scorpio is considered in her detriment because she's like, yeah, I can, I can cause some trouble. So that's part one. Part two, Venus is shifting. We know whenever a planet shifts, it changes the energy. She is leaving the swamp and going off into Sag the candles. So that's helpful. But that's not until after the new moon. And then we're having Eris and Pluto square. Now we've had four of them already. And every time we have one, you know, somebody gets exposed for being a sexual predator. There's some big hoo-ha that goes on. And this is our fifth of five. And so that happens. But Pluto is stopped. He stations on the day of the moon. So we know the five days before, which is when we're in now since last Friday, and then the five days after, he's like, mm. so we've got volcanoes erupting in the Canary Islands. We've got oil spills off the coast of California. And I had this thought this morning. I thought, well, if there's ever a really big earthquake in California, they were able to turn this pipeline off. But I didn't know there were pipelines off underground in the water. Mm. Wow. So that was kind of a reveal for me. Like that could be bad, you know, you know, not that I'm in charge of anything, but I had that thought. And then uh, so that and then we're having Pluto stop. And then in a few days, next Sunday, we're having Saturn stop. And he goes five days forward, five days back. So both planets are stopped from Wednesday through Saturday. And we're in this very big mix. And we know when they met up last year, we had COVID. When they were fighting during the World Trade Center, we had the World Trade Center. So we got King Kong and uh, Godzilla kind of in there going, you know, going at it in our own world and in the section of the chart between where they are, but also just really stirring this up. So Pluto's in Capricorn at 24 Pluto's in Capricorn at 2418 and Eris is 2420 on the new moon and they meet, they square each other the next day. So that kicks it up. And then we also have the space of space between uh, 24, if you have planets between 24 and six, they're going to, so that goes 24 to 30 and then zero to six. If you have planets in that area, they're going to be very activated because Saturn and Pluto are stationing in that little section in there. Does it matter what sign? No, because it's when it's at those degrees, it's going to activate. So any planets that we have between 24 and 30 and zero, zero and six. six. Yeah. Okay. So they're kind of a mid, the midpoint is zero Aquarius, which is what was this, the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn last December. So this is when people are going to go, you know, I've been thinking I need to make these changes. And this is when the universe goes, okay, you've been talking about it. Let's, you know, you know how you go to the doctor and they whack your knee with that little hammer and it kicks, you know? Yeah. The universe is going to whack our knees with a little hammer if you don't like Godzilla and King Kong, because it's going to say, all right, you've been talking about it. You're going to do it. So that, that energy, and of course, Mercury retrograde still telling the stories, still revealing stuff for us to work with. And, and that Eris Pluto square, okay, here's a, here's a situation you might want to pay attention to. And then those of you who did the goddess workshops last time, we have C-Va and C-Wa 
Siva is the Vedic Hindu goddess who is about transformation, destruction, and taking you into the underworld. And C with the W, Siva is the, the Celtic, not the Celtic, the Hungarian goddess who's about death and destruction. And then we also have Cassandra active, uh, people hearing it and not believing it. We also have Uranus on Orpheus. And of course, Orpheus descended into the underworld to try and get his wife back, screwed up, and then roam the world crying. Hard week, hard week. But the good news is everything's going to start to go forward. We're going to have Pluto go forward as of Wednesday. We're going to have Saturn go forward as of the 10th. And then all the rest of the planets that have been retrograde will start to take off. So we'll really feel like we're getting some forward motion, but it's, it's really intense. Wow. The big mystic rectangle in the sky in fire and air involving the sun, the moon, the Mars. And it, it's very much about your inspiration. You know, what is your vision? Fire and air are inspiration and ideas. So it's really important on this Libra moon to do stuff. Closing aspect for the moon is a square to Pluto. So I would not, if you want to banish something, <laughs> do it on the Libra, do the ritual on the Libra moon. If you want to bring stuff in and grow things with this incredibly powerful energy, Scorpio moon and Sag moon, do your rituals on those. Tell us when those are happening. So, so the, 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 um, the Libra moon runs, you know, the new moon's in Libra at 13. And so the, um, the last aspect is the seventh at 103. And it goes void. That's the Thursday. It goes void in the middle of the night, 103 East Coast time. Uh, with a square to Pluto. So moon square Pluto with all that stuff, with Pluto stationing and Pluto in air, is, it's done. Okay, and that's Wednesday, Thursday. If you want to banish something, it's Wednesday, Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday night. So at uh-huh. 10, 22 a.m. on Thursday, East Coast time, so adjust for your time zone. Moon goes into Scorpio, 10, 22 a.m. And it's in Scorpio Thursday, Friday, Saturday through 2.05 a.m., so it's basically Thursday and Friday. And that has a good closing aspect of a sextile to Pluto, very fertile, going to grow things. And then at 11.24 a.m. on Saturday and the 9th, East Coast time, the moon goes into Sag and it's in Sag Saturday, Sunday. And of course, Saturn stations on Sunday and it goes void at 12.30 in the morning and it goes void with the sextile to Jupiter. So the Scorpio and the Sag moons are good. Well, the Scorpio is good for growing stuff, fertile. What's the Sag moon good for? Vision stuff, communication, Vision. sending things out in the world, launching things. Hey, my, you know, moon and Sag sextiles, Jupiter and Aquarius. This is my vision. If you want to get rid of something, this moon's the moon to get it. Do it. And does it, does it go into Libra on Tuesday? Uh, yeah, it goes into Libra on Tuesday. So it, okay. goes, it goes into Libra. Um, uh, at 8.41 a.m. Tuesday morning, the 5th. You know, there's some great apps that help you track the moon. moon. I'm trying to find the one that I have, but, but there's a lot of moon, if you're listening to this and going, well, I would like to be able to know when these things are happening, like exactly to the minute in my time zone, all those things. There's, there's a bunch of apps. Some of them are free. I think we even have a great article that summarizes some of them. Jamie, if we do, can we put that in the chat and or in the description of this show? So people that want to start tracking this more closely can do so easily. The moon is really important because the moon rules everything. It rules the tides. It's it's the functioning of the world. So when Mm -hmm. the moon is in a happy place, everything's happy. When the moon is not so happy, not so much. 
doesn't the word moon isn't moon associated with matter and mother and mother mother and matter yeah so it's it's i always think of it as it's like literally the force that is manipulating matter here in this physical dimension and so yeah it definitely has an impact and okay it, i mean it rules the tides you know you watch the right. tide when you go you can move an ocean baby okay you're big yeah and we have what what uh 70 80 percent water in our body so the tides of the ocean the tides in our bodies it's it's all connected yeah i'm always impressed because the bus drivers in new york they have the moons up on their bus depot i love that yeah because they're like we we know when the full moons are because <laughs> people become lunatics <laughs> you know lunar that's where lunatics come from Yes. Full moon. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we have so much going on. There's a couple of questions from what you just brought up. The air is Pluto square. Yeah. The fifth one. So we've had, you know, four, four already since 2020. It's when they started, right? Yeah. We had January, um, June of 2020, January of 2020, June of 2020, uh, December of 2020, last August, R. Kelly's trial and Mayor Governor Cuomo getting taken out. And now we have the third. Okay, the fifth. And what is the actual date of that Eris Pluto square? The Eris Pluto square takes place on takes place on the ninth at uh, twelve sixteen a.m. East Coast time. Okay, and and is that the kind of uh, transit that we feel leading up to more or after more? Both. It's it's Both. all it's all the fighting. Yeah, it's all the arguments. But you you know when the Eris Pluto square was exact. Uh, Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashed. Right, I oh, remember that day. Mm-hmm. He had, he had an Aries Pluto opposition in his chart. So okay, was, I mean, literally to the minute, it was the the exact moment of the square. Okay, and then when you were talking about where this is happening in our charts, mm-hmm. you said Pluto's in the Pluto will be at twenty four degrees of Capricorn. Aries, where is Aries? He's twenty four Aries. Twenty four Aries. So look at those two places in your chart for sure. But then you gave us those other degrees as well that we can look at. Okay. I think that was all the questions I had so far. No, no, no. You talked about the big mystic rectangle in the sky and you said that we should do stuff, but I don't like what kind of stuff. And you, maybe you said it and I missed it. Yeah, yeah. No, no I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say it. But my, what mystic rectangles do is they inspire you. You know, So people that are born with them often have a passion or a vision for what they're supposed to be. So Bill Clinton had one in air and fire. And so he's six, his is six years old, six degrees. And he says, I'm gonna be president of the United States. You know, no dad, alcoholic family system, but he has a vision. So when I read a parent and they go, oh, you know, my kid said, I said, you know, your kid has a mystic rectangle. They're gonna do it. People with mystic rectangles have visions and paths. Mother Teresa had one, God said, go to India. Jane Fonda has one. So hers is an air and fire like the one we're having. And so she was Barbarella, the sex goddess, and then she turned into a feminist. And then she protested the Vietnam War. And then she did exercise videos. And then she did a lot of political activism. Now she's doing Frankie and Gracie. Old people can have sex. It's a good thing. And climate change, right? So I'm not going to buy any new clothes. I'm going to wear my red coat forever. Going to go gray. You know, she's like the visionary gets there. Earth and water, Aretha Franklin. Um, you know, building, you know, owning her own product, owning her own business, building a, almost a musical genre. J. Edgar Hoover, Earth and Water. He had Mercury in the 12th, 
So in addition to having secrets of the politicians, he realized criminals left their fingerprints behind at the scenes. And so he rolled out fingerprinting to all the police departments in the country. And you would go to the FBI and he would train you in fingerprinting. My grandfather was a fingerprinter for the police department in Rochester. So, you know, they have this vision and the, the fire and air people are inspirational. The earth and water people get stuff done. They're not all nice. You know, some people have them that aren't good. But, you know, they they give them a passion, you know, they give them a passion and a thing that they know they have to do. Now, this one is nice in a sense, um, but it, you know, it also has a little bit of challenge to it because it's um, it, and a mystic rectangle is two triangles, two sextiles and two oppositions. So the planets kind of work together with a, but they have the strength with the opposition to move forward and get stuff done. So the sun, the moon, the Mars are in, in the mystic rectangle. Ceres is in the mystic rectangle, Ceres in, in Gemini, she's in air. And then we go to the fire, which is Chiron, that we're working with our soul's wound, inspiring us on this mystic rectangle. And then to um, Juno, you know, who are we partnering with or why are we partnering with that Juno and Sagittarius? So we see a fire and air mystic rectangle that inspires us to take action, Mars, Sun, Moon, to write, to partner with something, to write something that hurt us or that's a wrong, that also we wanna create and grow, right? So it's kind of got that, that energy. So we're gonna come in on the wrong. Okay, that's wrong and I wanna fix it. We're gonna to go to Ceres and Gemini. You know, I'm gonna talk about this with you and we're gonna figure out something. And then the series in Gemini goes over to the, the sun, moon, Mars. Okay, let's partner and create it. And then we take it out into the world, uh, the Juno and Sag, and we publicize it. We teach people, we help people understand it. So that's the flow of this one. So it's flowing in the easy places. You know, it's going in, it's going around the easy parts, the sex style. Sometimes they're oppositional where it's like, I am so mad and I'm going to do it. Other times it's got a flowing inspiration. So this one's flowing and it's fire and air. So it's visionary and it's pushing us forward. Okay. Another question for you. You talked about the energy this week activating us. So things that we've been thinking we need to change. This is the, and you, I like the vision of the doctor hitting the knee. And then this is the, when the knee moves, you know, this is when we have like the, the reaction, so to speak. So what are you seeing in, in the astrology that's making you say that? There's a finger of God with the sun, moon, Mars, right? So a finger of God's also called a yod or a yod. So the Sistine Chapel where God pointing at Adam and he's going, hey, hey, Adam, I need you to do something. So the finger of God is tied, you know, there's a finger of God that goes towards the mystic rectangle. And a finger of God is composed of two quincunxes or inconjuncts and they, the back end gets along. So it kind of looks like a little pointing device. It looks like that. So the sun, the moon, and Mars are the apex of the finger of God and the booster legs, the rockets. If you think of a finger of God as being a bit like a rocket is the, um, the palace Athena in Pisces saying, so what's your strategy for this? And she goes over and stimulates the sun and moon and then the sun and moon say, well, I think things need to change, goes over to Uranus in Taurus. I think this stuff needs to shift and change. And then Uranus in Taurus goes back to the Mars and says, go do it. So it's kind of a two fire, you know, booster, you know, you know how like they do the rockets and the booster goes and then it falls off and then there's the other one. 
it's like a phase one, phase two. But because we're changing our strategy, we're going to be going, okay, I have to go. And then remember the finger of God is one of the, it points right at one of the legs, one of the square parts of the mystic rectangle. And so it kind of pushes that mystic rectangle forward with the finger of God going, you know, I, I think we need a new strategy here. It's so interesting because one of the things that I've been knowing we need to do at Astrology Hub, and I've been talking about, I mean, if you listen to us on different platforms, especially the inner circle members, you know, I've been saying this for a while, but we haven't done it yet because it's, it's a big deal, but it's around the social media and it's around diversifying where we show up for all of you, because I've been anticipating that there could be things like what happened today where entire outages are happening and we want to have all the different ways to stay in touch with you just in case that happens. And so it was so funny. This happened this morning. Uh, Jamie texted me and she's like, Facebook's down, StreamYard's down, WhatsApp's down. I was like, oh my God. And I, I write, wrote back to her in the text. This is why we need redundant platforms. We need to be <laughs> There's all these new platforms popping up. We need to choose a few of them, get ourselves some presence there. And just, it's like diversifying the risk as we know all these structures are going through these huge changes. I, I feel the same way around banks, you know, it's like, and, and money in general, but there's, you know, all these places where it's like, Hey, like, how do we diversify and, and make changes that are going in a, in a direction that is hopefully more sustainable. We can only do what we can do, but it's, it, I think it's trusting that intuitive guidance that that's been saying, Hey, you should probably look into this. Hey, you should probably do that. And what I'm hearing you say is that we, we finally have the energy to actually start implementing some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really what it is. It makes you go, wow. You know, I mean, I, you know, taking the, taking my shower this morning, I'm thinking about the oil. I'm like, wow, what happens if there's a really big earthquake? That pipe would break a bunch of places. And then I'm like, Ooh, all right. What, what's our redundancy? You know, and that's also when we're talking about the um, infrastructure, you know, building in redundancy, building in things, hardening heart, what do they call it? Hardening the stuff. So it stands, withstands the snow in Texas and it withstands the fires in California. And, oh, maybe we maybe need to deal with climate change so we don't have the fires and the freezing. But, you know, it, it's understanding we need to understand what we have to take action for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of people are putting energy towards, you know, kind of prepping or survival strategies. And I've got food in my house. I mean, I, I eat it, but I replenish it. And I, right. I had one of my, one of my clients is very funny. She's down the floor. She's stocking up for three months. I'm like, all right. You know, like, what? you know, it's, it's listening to that wisdom that we have that we don't always listen to. Um, and that's okay. And it's, it's not paranoid. It's understanding hey, you know, this is, we're living in a, you know, they showed all those ships offshore that haven't been able to land because nobody's unloading them or whatever. I mean, it was like 400 ships off of Long Beach, California, right? So, I mean, and I'm sure if I go look up Long Beach's chart, because that's where the pipe broke, but that's also where all those people are waiting to unload their stuff. And they're talking about the supply chain collapsing. And, you know, and I'd said way back, when Uranus and Taurus's food shortages, the last time we had it was in the, the, the Dust Bowl, where there was huge drought and things didn't grow. And now it may be just, you know, we can't get in our strawberries from Chile. Right. But it's understanding like, okay, what am I, what is my leadership position in this to be? You know, what, what is my leadership position in this? I love that because that is, 
that's relevant for every single person. My leadership position for myself, my leadership position for my family, for my community, what can I do? What do I need to do? And, and I think part of the things I've learned since 2020, because when, when this, when we, because we knew the astrology and we knew what the astrology was pointing to, which is some serious, profound transformation of all of our existing structures and these things that we rely on, I would panic. Like I would go into these, these um, periods of panic of like, oh my God, I got to be prepared. I got to be prepared right now. And I got to get it all together and things are going to collapse. And, and then what I've noticed is that when I take ex- action from those places, I usually impulse spend and have like these half-baked plans that aren't really going to work. But when I just take the time to slow down and be like, okay, what can I do? What is wise to do? And just do it. And even if it's a baby step, even if it's not going to feed my entire family for the next two years, should something crazy happen, it's like, just take steps. And with each step, there's so much learning. There's so much like, oh, wow, now I know how to do this. I think our garden has had five or six different iterations. And we finally have it where it's like the peacocks don't eat the food now. The, <laughs> oh, the goats don't. <laughs> the goats are coming over. And it, but you know that puppy's going to dig holes in it, right? Well, no, we have it completely <laughs> screened now. It's like we, we literally had to basically build a greenhouse in the backyard. <laughs> so that, that, that's the only thing that's been working. But I mean, I think that each one of us, it's, it's, it, we're on a journey. Like we're on a journey and this is such a, a profound period of time where we're learning and we're, we're going into new directions and areas that I never, I never saw myself doing some of the things I'm doing now, but it's out of this necessity. And it's also out of the wisdom the astrology is giving us. It's like, this is what this time is for. So do and it. How are we going to partner? And, you know, it, it have convenient, convenient partners. You can have temporary because it's like, well, you know, because when we collaborate, it works better you know, that goes to the Godzilla King Kong theme. And I wanted to ask, I wanted to point that out because the, the winning came from allies, came from relationships, came from community. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's how, wait, I can't remember who, who defeated who. King Kong defeated Godzilla. (laughs) King Kong defeated, defeated Godzilla. Godzilla had more power, but King Kong had allies and friends. There you go. I, I think that is, that is so profound on many levels. And and, and that is something we can do is, is continue cultivating those relationships because those it, that's what gives us strength. That's what gives us strength. That's what gives us sustainability. So I, I love that not only is it showing us like Godzilla and King Kong, we're having this clash, but how was the clash resolved? It wasn't the most powerful that won. It was the one who actually had relationships. And helped and the relationships helped it win. Right. Yeah. Very good. Way back when, when I was in sales, we went off, we, they sent us off to school for two weeks <laughs> up in a mansion in upstate New York. And, um, you know, one of the things they talked about was the collaborative nature because you'd get put on teams and then have to do stuff. And, um, and they would talk about like when you worked as a group, you actually was better because yes, you had that individual thing that you brought, but other people brought different perspectives. So it was very, it was a very interesting process for us to go through because, you know, you're locked in a room with people for two weeks, (laughs) but by the end, it made me go, yeah, we have to figure out how to work together. And I may want to do this and you may want to do that, but there's a place where we have to come together and compromise. And, you know, 
as grown-ups in the room, because we all we all have a Saturn, even the little people have Saturns, they go, I'm in charge of this. So in the case of your daughter, I'm in charge of the puppy mom. And you're like, okay, you're taking responsibility. And that's what our Saturn is. He says, where are you responsible? Where can you contribute something to help get this done? What is your work in this world? What's your Saturn ask you to do? And so doing your Saturn or doing the work that you're here for being, because Saturn is responsible, reliable, dependable. Those are all his words. And so we have to figure out our Saturn and do it. And that makes it work. And then when you get frustrated with people, a lot of times it's because they're not doing their Saturn. They're doing, they're waffling, they're delaying, they're asking you to do their Saturn. You know, I know when someone comes for a reading and I explore, you know, the options and then they go, well, tell me what to do. I immediately go, oh no, oh no, 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 no. I'm not supposed to give you my Saturn. You're supposed to use your Saturn. What are you supposed to do? And no, you tell me, you're the astrologer. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I can explore the options. I can show you your choices. I can tell you, you know, times that are better than others, but I don't want to do your life. I have to do my life. And that's our Saturn too. We have to do our best lives in this and say, well, what is my work in the world? What am I called to? You know, what's my son want to be? I want to be a Virgo. I love being a Virgo. My son rules the seventh. Look where your Leo house is. That's where I'm supposed to shine. So I'm supposed to shine in service to other people. Virgo other people seven. So you look at your son because that's what you're supposed to do, but underlying it is your work. In my case, Scorpio, I worked in astrology. Before that, I worked in accounting. I was a little crazy about my taxes. I have commitment issues because Saturn's in Scorpio and he goes, don't you want to come in? I'm like, no, I need to know my exit plan. But if I know my exit plan, I'm good. So it's the good and the bad of our charts, but it also is the work of our charts. And so if you can go through, what's my Saturn? What's my son? What house does Leo rule? And you do those three things, you've got this. Go to your moon to feed you and make you happy. So for me, I turn on music. You know, when I'm doing my Twitter posts for you guys, I turn on my little music and I play it. And I, so yesterday I was doing something with the Godzilla King Kong image. And I had somewhere, I was playing my music and it was somewhere over the rainbow. And I'm like, well, that's a contrast, you know, somewhere over the rainbow with Godzilla and King Kong, but it works. Okay. I love this so much. If you haven't taken the Saturn workshop that Anne put on for us in 2020, you can go to astrologyhub.com slash Saturn. And that's where you'll um, get to decode all of what she just described about Saturn for you and your chart. So you'll get to learn how to actually look at your chart and go, oh, here's my Saturn. Here's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, So that's at astrologyhub.com slash Saturn. And then I was also thinking, you know, one of the things we talked about in our grounding before before we went live is how much that 2020 and 2021 is encouraging us to rely on different senses meaning instead of instead of looking outside of ourselves for answers instead of looking to the same sources that we always have for answers opening up to first of all trusting ourselves and trusting that, that our inner guidance and I I actually think this thing with social media today is another reminder of that because what do we do when we're cut off from that stream of information that we're so used to? It's like those people who come to you for a reading and go, tell me what to do. You're the astrologer. Tell me what to do. I mean, I think that about all of you too. It's like, we come here every Monday when we, when we're not here on a Monday, there's, I totally understand this, but there's that moment of panic for people because it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I don't have the navigation system that I normally have. 
But I think as these things happen, it's like, okay, well, what, what am I sensing? You know, what, what do I, what, what is up for me? What do I, what am I intuiting about what's happening? And I think every time these kinds of things happen, it gives us that opportunity to go back in and go, okay, I don't have that source of information. I don't have that available to me. What do I have? And what can I, what can I cultivate in myself so that I'm not as reliant on external forces, like in, in all, in all areas that said, this is another reason to sign up for our insider newsletter, which is free that comes out every week, but that'll put you on our email list so that if there are any more outages or, or times where we can't reach you on one platform, but we could reach you on another, you'll know. So we'll have that, that way to um, stay in contact with you, hopefully, but even that nothing is foolproof, but that is um, free again. And that's astrologyhub.com slash insider. For those of you who went like, where were they? I was in the woods <laughs> and we, we did record it, but I kept going fluttery and weird. And then there was a hum and we just went, all right, just not. I was, I was in the woods. That's that I was bad. You're was, allowed to be in the woods. I was in the woods having a vacation and, and it was a very, it, it was really the woods. <laughs> Upstate New York is the woods. There's no infrastructure up there. What can I say? Yeah. Here in New York, I have my lovely, my internet. So, so, but yes, that's, I think it is, I think that's a really valid point. A lot of what we're going to experience with the Pluto return for the country this next year is stuff failing. And so we have to have a, a plan if it fails or it changes on us, the structure is changing because we're having a once every 250 year uh, thing. So it's big. And that, are we already in the Pluto return energy Yeah. now? Yeah. So we're, we're in it and, and it's going to be now until what, what, when is the Pluto return over for the United uh, States? 2023. 2023. Like, okay. In it a bit. Yeah. And how long after 2023, do you think we'll still be in the reverb reverberations of it? Yeah. We'll be in the reverb for another three years. Another three years after 2023. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, see, this, this is the kind of information that's, that, that, at first it's like, oh my God, no, I can't do that. Like I can't do it for that long. And at the same time, knowing you're in a marathon is better than thinking you're sprinting because you will exhaust yourself. If you think that, oh, it's going to be over soon. It's going to be over soon. Things will be back to normal, whatever. It's like, actually we're in it for the long haul. So, so when we treat it that way and, and cultivate resiliency, give ourselves times to rest and recuperate and um, really prioritizing those things that, that give us that resilience, patience and strength, and then allow ourselves to fall down and collapse and cry and sleep and do whatever you need to do, but then get back up again. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's what we're in. Yeah. I had dinner the other day with a couple of friends. They both had, they're both early Capricorns and they'd had Pluto return, Pluto to their son. So I sit down and Charles says to me, so Anne, is the United States having a Pluto transit? I said, Charles, we are very good <laughs> because yes, we're having a Pluto transit, you know? So in addition to the COVID, which was, you know, the whole world had it, we're having one. Pluto gets back to where he is every 248 years. So if you do 1776, take away 2020, you get an idea of where we're creeping up on our Pluto return. So it's similar to your solar return for your birthday or your Saturn return when you're 28 and you're 57, you know, so it's, it's a marker, but for a country, you know, most countries, 
when they hit 250 years or 125, we almost broke up back in the Civil War time. Um, this is a time for us to kind of get a vision of what we want as a country and what we're going to do as a people. The rest of the world's going to have, you know, their thing, but we are having our Pluto return. So it's mm-hmm. important for us to go, okay. Well, huge week, right? Is there anything else? I mean, you just explained, describe so much astrology, but are there any other loose um, ends? Yeah, sun hits Mars on the 8th. So that's kind of a annual whoosh. Mars wants to do stuff. Um, so that's always helpful. There's uh, sun hits Mercury. Our Mercury hits the sun on the 9th. So that's, we call that Mercury combust. People think they're right. When they think they're right, it's not always easy to argue with them because they think they're right, even if you don't. So that's a, an energy, but we also have Venus shifting into Sag, which happens on the 7th. So there may be a little more flexibility when she's in Sag than when, because she's moving from a fixed water swamp sign into a movable fire sign. So we may see some movement and Mercury has a hard aspect to the nodes on the eighth, which is choices about making decisions. The sun has a hard aspect to the nodes on the 10th. So this is us looking, looking at our commitments, our relationships and seeing, you know, what we think about them. And then um, Venus goes, dives into the south node on the 10th. That's a releasing. So whenever one of those planets hits the south node, Facebook, assuming it's up by then, you know, puppies die, family members, any health stuff this week to the doctor, no fooling around with it because this energy is very quick, fast, changeable. And that's the, that's the basic of it. And then that finger of God that we have with the sun and the moon and Uranus and Mars, which is making us take action. But those are the biggies. And then the Pluto station, we said on the 6th, that's at 2418. And the Saturn station on the 10th is at 652. So those that period of time from, because it's five days before, five days after, they share that five days period from, from Wednesday to Sunday. Uh, you know, that, that particular time, they're both stopped. So they're both, you know, that's the King Kong um, Godzilla imagery. How do you see the King Kong Godzilla energy playing out in our personal lives? Um, it's all the stuff you've been saying you're going to do and you haven't done yet. Like, I think I'm going to do this, but you haven't, you get, you get the push this week. Okay. Right? Because it's the same, the Pluto stationing at the same degree that, that the Jupiter Pluto was on three times last year. It was on it in the spring and then in June and then December. So Jupiter and Pluto said it's a new 13 year cycle. And we were all just so beaten up by COVID. We weren't thinking optimistic. We weren't like, oh, come on, please. I have to plan for 13. You know what I just went through? I don't, what do you mean? Well, now Pluto's back there and he's like, all right, I gave you nine months off. (laughs) Get busy. So the energy of being pushed or being triangulated into it. A lot of people are, you know, running into power dynamics that they're unhappy with. And so they're, they're adjusting their relationship to the power or they're speaking up and saying, Hey, you know, I need you to do this for me because this is make this will make me happy. Can you do it? And you can either go, yes, no, maybe, but watch for those requests because people are looking to re reorganize, revise, revisit, or they're going to leave. So Jamie and I do the pockets, right? The Twitters. And so she said, you know, can you get it to me? So I can have a weekend with my family. And I, I, of course, work on Saturday and Sunday. So I'm off Tuesday, Wednesday. Those are my days off. So I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You have a husband and kids you want to play with. So I can, I can adjust because I wasn't thinking because I'm working that day. 
it's just another thing on my work list, but I can shift it, right? But she'd been putting up with this. When did we start this in March? She didn't ask till now. So she asked, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure, I can do that. Uh, you know, but it, it, but it's also maybe you didn't ask or maybe I didn't think of it. You know, this is that week. So it's also people kind of going, hey, I want the, would this, would this work for you? This would make it easier for me. Being comfortable asking that question as Mercury's retrograde, he's retrograde until the 16th. So now Venus is going into Sag. So she's going, instead of Scorpio, like, how do I control this? Or I'm a little worried. And Sag, she's much more likely to say, you know what I really need? I need this. This would make me happy. And, and when that happens, go, okay, I, I can do that. You know, I really don't like garlic. You go, I've been cooking with garlic. I know, but I don't like garlic. <laughs> okay. You know, like I was looking at roasting, um, I have radishes, right? And I'm not a huge radish fan. I thought, well, you look radish. So it's roasted radishes. But it's like roast them and then stir them after 10 minutes and then add the garlic. I'm like, why can't I add it at the beginning? I'm like, well, probably because the garlic will burn. All right. You know, it's like, you got to ask, you got to, once you ask, you go, and why would that be? And then you got to act. And so it's, it's kind of a complicated week in that that finger of God's going to go new strategy. How about this? And the sun of the Mars go, the sun of the moon go, I could, I could do that. And then it goes to Uranus, it requires us to change. And then it shoots over to Mars, says, take action. If she hadn't asked me, I would continue to send them to her on Saturdays. So it's, it's not being afraid to ask. And then when someone does ask or someone asserts something and you're like, geez, I've been doing that forever. Or like, how come you didn't say anything before? Not to take that personally, no, right? No. Not, not, to, not to be, not because I know for myself, it's, it, there's a little moment of like maybe embarrassment or guilt or something of like, shoot, you know, I've been doing that for a long time. You never told me, you didn't tell me you didn't like garlic. You didn't tell me you're allergic to, you know, or whatever. But just this is the time where these things are going to be revealed. They're going to come out. And now it's just to make the adjustments, whatever those are. It's about the negotiation and King Kong going, hey, guys, come help me. Right. And they did. And he beat Godzilla. Okay. So I I, I don't know that I even need to ask about the intensity. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like, are you sitting in the, are you sitting in the, um, there's a really cute thing on SNL did with the view where um, the Megan, the Megan McCain character is fighting with the Joy Behar character and Cicely Strong sitting there eating popcorn, watching them fight. Right. <laughs> and then uh, Leslie Jones gets out a spray bottle and squirts them all. What role are you in? So one day you may be Godzilla. The next day you may be King Kong. And then the third day you may be sitting there with your popcorn, eating it and going, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's going to rotate. <laughs> it's okay, okay so none of us are going to be in one role the whole week okay so we're, we're just we're going to be trying on a lot of different hats here yeah yes yeah. gotta go okay right now what am oh i'm king kong i get my i'm godzilla i'm in a roar or i'm cecily sitting there going oh wow fight fight this is fun you know and it, you know and if you haven't seen it i encourage you i snl parodying the view it's hysterical so okay that that sounds fun all right so we have the theme of the week the godzilla versus king kong remembering to call on your allies to help. Mm -hmm. We have the fifth of five Plutus Eris squares. Uh, this is big. I mean, some, some astrologers say the Pluto Eris square is actually the most important astrology of 2020 and 2021. I mean, I know that, you know, people look with different lenses, but that that's well, actually, it, it, you know, it happens once every, you know, 500 years. So it's big. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that there's going to be things revealed, you know, some of the dark hidden things coming to the surface. 
And this is the time where you're going to be making changes, uh, more secrets re revealed. It's, it's a hard week, but we, but the good news is we start to go forward. So this is where the retrograde energy is starting to actually transition and move forward. So we're going to be feeling some of that forward momentum and especially in places where you have been stuck or you have been revising, you have been revisiting. It's like, okay, those are going to start to move forward. Or the, block, because it's also, I'm feeling really blocked forward. and held back. It's like, well, right. everything starts to shift. Yeah. Okay. All right. Place where you felt blocked. That's great. So we also have this big mystic rectangle. Uh, the soul, there's a soul wound that is inspiring us. And we're looking at who, who are we meant to partner with? This is a time where we're going to be starting to take action and we could potentially be writing a wrong. So, um, and, and it's visionary. So all those things together, that's, that's a complex little, yeah, yeah. And then we have the, the moon shifting in, in different signs, the, the Libra moon, right around the new moon, Libra moon is a great time for you to banish things. So if there's anything that you want to let go of a bad habit, a bad you know, self-talk, you know, I, I guess a person that you may be like, okay, this we're done. This is going to be a good time. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week, Scorpio. The, then we go into the Scorpio moon Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which is a real fertile energy. So you're going to be letting go of something. And then you're going to be filling in that gap with something new that is ready to grow. And then Saturday, Sunday is when even more vision. Yeah. Right. So if you want to be casting a vision for your future, Saturday, Sunday is a good time to be doing that. This is it's new moon, obviously this week. So great time in general to be doing your intentions, fertile time. We have a, a time where we're going to be looking at our commitments and reevaluating those. This is quick, fast, and changeable energy to so be like light on your toes. We talk sometimes about staying bouncy like you're a tennis player or, or, you know, some other sport where you need to be bouncy, like basketball. Keep your knees bent. Yeah. yeah, keep your knees bent. Be ready to move and shift and bob and weave and change directions. And then we're also going to be looking at our relationship to power, adjusting those relationships to power, reorganize, revisit, revise, and be comfortable asking for what you need. Even if it's something that you've been like, ah, oh, gosh, you know, I've been dealing with this for a long time. And now I finally have the courage to, to say something about it. Good time to do that. Good time to do it because that, you know, the other, the other thing, I remember having a conversation at one point with somebody and I, I had an assistant who would get really upset about stuff I would say. And they said, well, why don't you, why don't you ask them what they hear? I'm like, yes. what a concept, right? So oh my God, it's time, amazing. Well, the next time they reacted and I, I said, what did you, what did you just hear me say? She goes, you're going to fire me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just asked for a correction. I'm not fired. What? I'm going to fire you? That was her reaction to it. And so I was like, wow. You know, because you are in your little world. You have your vision of what you're saying or doing, and they have their vision of what they're hearing. And so this week is very fraught. So if someone really reacts saying, what'd you hear me say? <laughs> that is so powerful. Yes. And very revealing. It's like, like you said, I mean, there's times where I also go, here's what I think I heard you say, like, can you tell me if this is what you actually said? Cause this is what I heard. So that's another way of doing the same thing, but it's so revealing. It's almost like we must walk around miscommunicating a lot more than we realize. Cause when you start to ask those questions pretty much every time I'd say it's something different than what 
you, you, thought you said yeah. different than what you <laughs> thought you said. So that it's a very fascinating thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's very illuminating. It's always kind of like, oh, I think that's uh, yeah, okay. I hear you. What do you, you thought I was gonna really? Wow. And and we don't remember we you know, we hear through our filters. Everything that goes into the brain comes in through our eyes, our ears, our nose. Nothing the brain does not get pure information. It has to go through some kind of filtering process. Mm. So there's always some distortion. Whew. That's um it's a little unsettling, but also good well, to know. But when you know that, you go, yeah. what's what's the distortion? It's you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then two things that you can do, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, the Cosmic Insider. So if some platforms go down, I'm going to do the thing you said, and I'm going to actually finally take action and get us up on some new platforms. So if one goes down or another goes down, we'll be able to say, Hey, here's where the weekly weather is this week, or Hey, here's where this is happening. And you will know. So, uh, and actually so many people last week, it's like, they didn't get the announcement because they were tuned into different channels. The, the insider is the centralized place where we are always going to be keeping you informed. And we have more control over our email platform than we do over the social media giants. I oh, mean, yeah. we can't control what is happening there at all. So make sure you sign up for the newsletter. It's free. That's astrologyhub.com slash insider. And thank you. You're welcome. So great. great. What'd you name the dog? Brina. Brina. Okay. Brina is a Viking name that means protector or defender. Okay. And she goes with our golden retriever whose name is Thor. So they uh-huh. now they, they both have their like Viking names. And uh, my love wants this puppy to be a protector of my two girls. So uh, okay. he found the name. He was like, and, and I, I was like, what about Freya? Like we could do Freya too. That's another like Viking uh, goddess name. He's like, no, it's, it's Brina. It's that's her name. I'm like, okay. It's, and he's a, you know, he's a Taurus sun, Taurus rising Mars and Taurus. I do not like when he has that, it's like, that's what it is. So, so she's, did you look up where Brina is in your charts? Well, what's interesting is it's the Brina, Brian, Ryan thing that I've said already. I have that thing with that combination of letters and it shows up in all these different, but I haven't looked in my chart. I need to. I tell him I agree with the name. Good. Awesome. I will say Anna proves. And uh, she's eight weeks. She just turned eight weeks yesterday. And we just started training her. And like, because yes, at eight weeks, you can actually start training them like more specifically. And so we did. And it's been so much fun. Oh, my God. It's amazing how much joy a puppy or animals bring into our lives. It's like, wow. Well, you know, I always like dogs. Dogs are God. You know, it's yes. D-O-G-G-O-D. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Thank you so, so much for being here with us. Um, Sorry that we missed you live and can't wait to connect with you again. Hope you all have a great week. Thank you for being a part of our community. And thank you as always for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Bye guys. Hi everyone, I'm Frank Clifford and I wanted to invite you to the upcoming Empowering Astrology series. I'm going to work with you to get a whole new empowering perspective 
We're going to recognize the invitations, the challenges, and the gifts in your birth chart, but also start to dismantle the fears and the prejudices. This three-week journey is happening live in October for three consecutive Wednesdays, and you'll have access to the recordings for life. You can find out more and join me at astrologyhub.com forward slash empowering astrology. Hope to see you there.